Word of God tonight in the book of First Kings here this evening. First Kings, we're going to begin there in verse 35 here tonight. We spoke last Sunday morning and last Sunday evening on the very first part of this chapter. We actually began really in First Kings chapter 20 and verse 1 and through the morning and the evening services made our way down to verse 34. Tonight I'm going to finish this chapter out. We're going to go from verse 35 to 43. And there's a number of different messages that we can get out of this because there's uh, different things involved here and I in no way, shape or form in the realm of 30 minutes would have any possible way of getting out all the thoughts and the truths that we can get out of all of these different situations uh, because of all the people that's involved. I mean, there's just a lot of messages you can get out of these few scriptures that can go in different directions. But I pray here tonight that as we focus on this one train of thought that I have this evening, that we'll find uh, some blessings out of it. I entitled this message, Wounded for a Purpose. Wounded for a Purpose. And this message was, you know, kind of difficult to do. But I, the reason why that is is because... You know, in thinking about this, what I want to do here tonight is, of course, we understand that in most of chapter 20, we've been dealing with uh, talking about Ben-Hadad, talking about uh, Ahab. And here we can act, and here we see a kind of a turn of events as God had handed over, uh, God had handed over victory. God had handed, in essence, Ben-Hadad over to Ahab and, and gave him victory twice in a way that only God could do. I mean, it was uh, the situation that, the situation that, uh, that Ahab faced, there was no way possible for victory unless God intervened. And yet God delivered Ben-Hadad to Ahab. But what happened was, in a strange turn of events and, and the, just a few verses prior to this, if he was to take a look in, you know, in verses 30, 31 to 34, one of the things that you see is, especially in, the latter, in those latter few verses there, is you see that Ahab done something that was unthinkable. He did something that we entitled the message last week as it makes no sense, and that the enemy that surrounded him and starved his people, the enemy that... Uh, that came to him with, with no alternatives to be let go, uh, who said, give me your wives and give me your kids, give me your kingdom, give me everything you got, give me your money, all that stuff, that uh, he ended up making a truce, that he made a covenant, that he made a pact with Ben-Hadad. And of course, it made absolutely no sense why the king of Israel, why Ahab would do such a thing. I mean, even go as far to call this, call this man who had done all of this to his nation, his country, to his family, even called him brother made absolutely no sense whatsoever. And God had given Ben-Hadad over into Ahab's hands lock, stock, and barrel. And what we're going to see here tonight is, even though we're going to talk about Ahab a little bit, but more towards the end, I want us to really focus more this evening on the prophet that God used to deliver the message. And as we begin to, as we be, look at this truth here tonight, and we look at this prophet, the Bible doesn't give us his name there in verse 35. The Bible just says, in a certain man of the sons of the prophets. So we have no idea who, who this guy is. We have no idea what his, what, what his name is. But I can't wait to one day see him in heaven because of, the, because of what he represented, because of what he did and the boldness that he had and his desire to, as the message, as the title says, um, well, I wouldn't say desired, but his willingness to be wounded for a purpose. Now, I make no... Uh, I make no, um, uh, I guess, accusations or, or mo no bones about saying that I know why God does all the things that he does because I don't. Now, I would no way, shape, or form would say I know why God uh, deals in certain things the way he does because I do not. I know that, because what does the Bible say? That his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so it'd be impossible for me to stand here and say, well, I know why they went through this and I know why they went through that and I know why they went through that. Listen, I don't know any of those things. Listen, I don't know why I went through some things I've went through. <clears throat> but I do know this, sometimes in my life I can look back on some things and I can see hindsight being 2020. Uh, I can kind of get a good idea. Well, maybe perhaps I went through that because, you know, because this was coming up. Or maybe because, this, you know, uh, God wanted me to grow me there. Or maybe God wanted to strengthen me there for this purpose right here. I mean, there's been some of those moments looking back. I've thought about some of these things. But, to, but normally in life, we don't have that luxury. But here tonight, we actually have the luxury to kind of get the inside scoop to see why God was doing some of the things that he was doing. And as we begin the verse off here this evening, 
And when we think about wounded for a purpose, let's take a look at it. The Bible says there in verse 35, the Bible says, And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor, watch this now, in the word of the Lord, smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. One of the things, the first truth I want us to see tonight is the word, the word, the word of God. Notice there in verse, uh, verse 35, the Bible says, a certain man of the sons of the prophets. And so we see that God was going to use this, this man, this man who the Bible says was a prophet. He was one of the sons of the prophet. Uh, uh, no doubt probably went to the school of the prophets and that was started by Samuel many years ago. Uh, and so we can see that God was going to use this man, but he had a, and he had a purpose for him. And God's got a purpose for every single one of us as well. But God had a purpose for him. There was something that he desired for him to do, but in the work that God needed him to do, it was going to require for him to get hurt. It was going to require for him to get hurt. God needed a man who was willing to say, okay, I'll get hurt for you. I'll get hurt for you. Here we can see that the Bible, in essence, God probably told this prophet, I would dare say, now that this is what he needed to do because he had the, he had the understanding that, listen, God's got something that he desires for me to do, and what he desires for me to do, I'm going to get hurt in the process. And so obviously it seems that he knew that because he told, the Bible says in verse 35, his neighbor told him to smite him. So the Lord had obviously told uh, this prophet, he says, listen, you need somebody, walk up to somebody. And now, this is, is kind of interesting when we hear about this, but he in essence says, he, he, we see the prophet, he walks up to somebody, he says, listen, what I need you to do, I need you to do me a favor. Punch me across the face. Just dot me right now. Can you imagine somebody coming up to you, especially, hey, your neighbor. What would you do if your neighbor just walked across the street and said, man, I, I need you to do me a favor. Would you just punch me right here? Maybe a couple of times. Hit me right here. Maybe once right here. You'd be like, no, man, you crazy. I ain't doing nothing like that. Here we can see that when he talked to this man, he says, when he talked to his neighbor, somebody that he knew, more than likely, he talked to his neighbor and he says, I'm going to tell you something, but it's in the word of the Lord. God's telling me that this is what he needs you to do. I need you to do this because this is what the Lord said that he needed, he needed to happen. And so he walks up to the man. He says, in the word of the Lord. This is what God said, in the word of the Lord. The Bible says that he went to his neighbor there in verse 35. In the word of the Lord, he said, smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. Now, most of us will may say to ourselves, well, I'm not sure, sure I'd really smite the guy neither, but he said, listen, this is in the word of the Lord. This is what God said you need to do. I need you to hit me. There is a purpose for this wounding. And I began to think about my own life as I was going through these, these scriptures and thinking about being wounded for a purpose. And I begin to think about, you know, even the Apostle Paul when he, the Bible says that he cried out to God three times for the thorn in his flesh to be removed, but and God didn't take it away. And what did God tell him? God told the apostle Paul, he says, my strength will be shown, be manifested. It'll be demonstrated in your weakness. And so the apostle Paul, he had this thorn in the flesh, not exactly sure what it was, but he had something that was a thorn to him. It caused pain. It was injurious to him. And he prayed to God that God would take it away, but God had a purpose for this wounding for whatever it was. Now, on this side of heaven, I don't think the Bible tells us, none of us perhaps exactly know except for what the Lord Jesus said, that whenever he told him, he says, listen, you're going to go through this. I know you got this thorn. Listen, I know it hurts. I know it's painful. But my strength will be seen in your weakness. And so we have to ask ourselves, and listen, I know, listen, I'm not thankful for the trials, but I'm thankful for the God in the trials. Amen. I'm not thankful for the trials, but I am thankful for the God in the trials. And listen, in the midst of it all, I know that God has a purpose. And I know God has a plan. But when we think about all the things that people can go through in life, there is no way possible I can sit here and say, or any of us, yeah, I know why. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, I know why. Listen, I don't. And you don't either. But we do know this. We know that God has a purpose and a plan for everything. And because he has a purpose and a plan for everything, you know, we see here this prophet. He told, he come to this guy and he says, listen, what I need you to do is I need you to smite me. I need you to hit me. And the guy was like, you're crazy. No, I'm not doing anything like that. The Bible says, and the man refused to smite him. Even though he knew it was in the word of the Lord, 
Even though he knew that it was God's bidding for him to do so, his neighbor would not smite him. So we get to verse 36, and then we see the consequences for not obeying the word. And the Bible says, and then he said unto him, because thou hast not obeyed the voice of the Lord, behold, as soon as thou art departed from me, a lion shall slay thee. And as soon as he was departed from him, a lion found him and slew him. I don't know about you, but I've been following this prophet around like glue. I'm like, man, I'm going wherever you're going. And you say, man, I'll tell you what, this, you read a passage like that and you think to yourself, wow, man, what in the world? You say, man, that is pretty harsh. But listen, we also got to understand this. We have no idea who this neighbor is. We have no idea the kind of life that he's lived. We have no idea the opportunities that maybe God has given his neighbor to, to do God's bidding. We have no idea who the neighbor, what this neighbor's done. We have no idea who this neighbor is. We have no idea the background. We have absolutely no idea about this guy. But we do know this. We do know that God gave this man the opportunity to do his bidding. And even if it was just simply, pow, knocking the guy in the face, he still refused to do it. And of course, the sin of disobedience is, of course, what brought sin into the world. And we see the, reper the repercussions of that today. So just the act of the sin of disobedience was enough. Listen, the Bible said, and, and the wages of sin is death. And so we can see right here, there in verse 36, there in verse 36, that, there was a, that as soon as this man who refused to smite the prophet, as soon as he walked away, Judgment was pronounced on him, and so we can see uh, the active sin of disobedience. You say, wow, man, God didn't give him another chance. We don't know how many chances God gave him before this happened. I'm just simply saying there's a lot to the story that we don't know, and we know that God is just in everything that he does. All I'm trying to point out to us tonight is that there is, that there is consequences for us not obeying and doing that which God has asked us, and asked us to do. Does that make sense? And so we can see here this prophet. But what I like about this prophet is is that there in verse 35, is that even though he knew that he was going to be wounded for a purpose, I imagine God told him, I imagine God was speaking to him, and he says, listen, what I need you to do is I need you to be an example to Ahab. I need you to go down there and deliver this message, but there's a certain way that I need you to deliver this message. I need you to deliver this message. I need you to be an example, but in the process of this, you're going to get hurt. Now, if God told us that today, how many of us would jump up and say, me, 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 I want to get hurt, I want to get hurt? Not many of us probably would. But you know what? Just in the ministry in life, no matter what you do, is living for God, there's going to be times you're going to get hurt. And so we can see here in the text, we can see the consequences of the disobedience of God. But what I like about this man is even though he knew that in this message that he was going to deliver, even though he knew that as he was going to live for God doing this, he was going to get hurt in the process. And he didn't back down from it. But it seems to me like he stepped forward. Now, he could have backed down just like this other guy. He had a choice to follow. He had a choice to do what God said or not, but he didn't. He backed away. But when he backed away and he says, no, I'm not going to do this. I refuse to do this. And God dealt with him. This prophet, whenever he knew, listen, this is what God needs me to do. Listen, I know I'm going to get hurt in the process, but Lord. And think about this. When we think about being wounded for a purpose, as I said, I'm not thankful for the trials and tribulations that I go through, but I am thankful for the God that's in the trials and tribulations. And in the midst of those trials and tribulations, as numerous as they are, how can we maybe honor God in the midst of it all? This guy knew that he was going to get hurt, and he knew he was going to get hurt on purpose. And as he was going through this, and he, as he knew that he was going to get hurt on purpose, he had to make a decision. Am I going to, do, am I going to be the one that, that I'm going to say, yes, Lord, I, I understand that what you need me to do, and, and, and I'm going to do it? You see, he had the luxury of knowing us here today. We don't always know the reason why we're going through what we're going through. But nonetheless, I think we can still say, you know what, God? Even though I don't understand why I go through what I go through, how can I honor you? even in the midst of it? What kind of impact and what kind of difference can I still make even though I don't understand? Here we can see this man, this prophet, 
Even though he knew what was going to happen, he knew he was going to get hurt, but yet he still did that which God had called him to do. The apostle Paul prayed three times for, for God to help him to take the thorn out of his, to take the thorn out of his flesh in essence. And, and God refused and said, no, my strength will be made known in your weakness. And the apostle Paul didn't quit and the apostle Paul didn't give up and he still kept pressing forward. And I would dare say, he probably often wondered why within himself, God, I know that you want to reveal yourself in me through my weakness, but I tell you what, it sure would be nice if I can get this taken away. Now I dare say there's been a lot of us been like that in our times and in our life, and here we see, but how can I honor God in the midst of my wounding? There in verses 35 and 36, we see this prophet, despite of what he knew, despite of the word that he heard, he still was going to do what God needed him to do. Well, after this man got slew, there in verse 36, look at verse 37. The Bible says, then he found another man. He was just begging for punishment. There in verse 37, I'll tell you what, what I like about this prophet is that, you know what? He said, I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to let other people's refusal to serve God and do what God said, keep me from doing what I need to do, even though it's going to hurt. Think about this now. I'm not going to let their refusal to do what God said to do keep me from doing what I know God wants me to do even though I know it's going to hurt. He didn't quit. I mean, he went to that first guy. The guy said, man, I ain't doing that. There is no, man, I'm not hitting you. I'm not spying you. I'm not doing it. Listen, yeah, I know you said God said to do it, but I don't want no part of it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Next thing you know, he's, he's gone. And this guy, the prophet, I imagine he thought to himself, even though there were people out there that did not want to heed the word, didn't want to do what God said do, I can allow myself, I can allow myself not to, not to do what God said for me to do. Yes, at least I'll be the one being devoured by the lion. Listen, I don't want God's chastening. I don't want God's judgment. Listen, I, I want to do what God said to do. And so maybe perhaps that is one of the things that we're lacking in our society today, even maybe perhaps amongst God's people, is the fear of God. Because the Bible does say, what does the Bible say? The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And may we have a fear of God, that we would be obedient to God and, and do that which God has called us to do. Even when it don't make sense. And the Bible says there in verse 37, the Bible says that he found another man. And I love, that, I love this prophet in the idea that he did what God called him to do, even though maybe perhaps in his own sight it didn't make any sense. Maybe in his own mind he thought, well, I would maybe handle this a different way. Even in his own mind, maybe he thought, well, maybe I can do this without getting hurt. No, God said, I need you to find somebody that will smite you. I need you to get wounded for a purpose. And I think there's a lot of people out here today that for whatever reason, they're, they're wounded, which brings us to verse 37. We see the Bible says he found another man. And said, smite me, I pray thee. And the man smote him, watch this now, so that in smiting, he did what? He wounded him. So we see the word that was spoken. We see the wounding that was given. And whenever this man, he knew that it was going to cause some pain. He knew it was going to hurt. He says, listen, I need you in the word of the Lord. I need you to smite me. Don't seem like this guy argued one bit. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like each other. And he said, pow, smote him. The Bible says, and in smiting him, he wounded him. He knew it was going to hurt. He knew he was going to feel pain. He knew that it, was, he knew that it, wasn't, he knew that it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be any fun. But he still didn't give up on that which God had called him to do. Even if somebody else refused to do it. I'm not going to let anybody else's refusal to serve God keep me from doing what I know I need to do. And so the Bible says he found another man and that man of course did it. And that man wounded him, hit him, smote him and wounded him. Caused him pain, caused him some hurt. Hold your place right here and I want you to look over that particular passage. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now I'll give you a moment to find your place there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we look at verses 3 and 5 and as I said, I, 
as, as preaching here tonight, I know why as I'm saying that, that I know why that we go through the things that we go through. We understand, as the Bible says, that tribulation worketh patience. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 5, I want us just to take a look at something here tonight. When we think about many different reasons why we may go through the things that we go through in life, maybe these three verses right here will help us. The Bible says there in verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Watch this now. Who comforts us in all our tribulation, for what purpose? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. The idea is, is even though we don't always know why we go, what we go, why we go through what we go through, Sometimes it may be that God needs us to be wounded for a purpose and we don't always may perhaps know what that is and we may not always understand it. But have you ever gone through something? You ever gone through something in your life and then the next thing you know somebody came along and was suffering and hurting maybe perhaps something very similar to what you went through. And you know what you were able to do? You were able to sit beside alongside those people and you, might, and, and you were able to say, you know what? I don't understand perhaps exactly how you feel and everything that you're going through. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can relate to this to some degree. And let me tell you how God comforted me and what God did for me in my life. And God will use the pain that you went through. God will use what you went through in your life. And then not just the pain though, but also how he strengthened you and also how he showed mercy and also how he come through for you and how he empowered you and how he gave you peace in the situation. And God, and what you're going through, God will, uh, God will give you all this kind of stuff so when somebody else comes along and they are going through some difficult times, you may not know exactly how they feel and you may not understand exactly to the T their situation, but it'll give you the ability to comfort them like God's comforted us. It'll give you the ability to console them as we were consoled by God. And I would dare say that most of us here tonight have probably been through some things in our life and have probably had the privilege or the honor to be able to use our past experiences, even though they hurt and even though they were painful, to be able to help somebody else that was going through difficult times. And God was able to use our past pain to be able to help someone else that was in a present pain. And God was able to use that past pain that we had, but also that comfort that he gave us in that time to be able to transfer that same comfort through us and give it to them and show them and encourage them how good God is. Listen, this is what God did for me. This is, this is how God came through for me. Oh, yes, I was crying, and yes, I was broken, and yes, I was hurting. Yes, I was in bondage, and yes, I, had no, I didn't know what to do, and yes, I, I, I had no, no instruction, and, and yes, I felt like I was lost, and I was going through this, and I felt this way, but yet then God came through, and the, and, and the peace of God just, uh, that passes all understanding just overshadowed me, and God filled me with his spirit, and God gave me everything that I need, and he turned my tears of my tears of sorrow and the praises of joy and the mercies of God last forever. And the mercies of God are renewed every morning. And you can take that very same pain along with the very same comfort and power and peace that we were able to experience in those difficult times and transfer it right back over. And the Bible says here in the text, the Bible says here in the text, in verse 37, that he found another man. And as he found this other man, we see that this other man wounded him. But yet he still didn't quit. He got hurt, but he still didn't quit. 
He still didn't turn away. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it didn't feel good. But he, and, and, but he got hurt, but yet he still kept pressing forward. The Bible says in verse 37, he found another man and said, smite me, I pray thee. And the man smote him so that in smiting, he wounded him. Not only do we see the wounding, but in verse 38, we also see the waiting. The Bible says, so the prophet departed and waited for the king by the way and disguised himself with ashes upon his face. And so the prophet knew that, listen, I'm being wounded for a purpose, being wounded for a purpose. But us here tonight, sometimes we go through things in our life and we're like, well, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I do know that God has a purpose. Even though I don't know what it is, I still know that God has a purpose, but how maybe like this prophet can I change my frame of thought and saying, you know, Lord, you know I'm not having a good time. God, you know that I'm not looking for pain. You know that I'm not looking for any hurt, but Lord, if you're allowing this to pass through my life, then what can I do just to give you glory in the midst of it. Because listen, if we're already going to be, and if we're already going through it, we might as well try to bring something positive out of it. And so if we're already going through the pain and we're already going through the hurt, then Lord, just help me. God, I don't enjoy it. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't like it. And Lord, you know it. But in the midst of it, how can I, how can I give you glory through this? And, 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 and Lord, who can, I, who can I share your comfort with me? Who can I share this with somebody else? Listen, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow. It may be a year from now. But somebody may just come along by your side weeping one day. And you can sit there and say, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm so sorry that this is so difficult. And you wrap your arms around them and share with them the love of God. The same love and the same comfort that God gave you in those difficult times. And here we see this man there in verse 38. The prophet departed and waited for the king. Sometimes in our wounding, it requires a waiting period. He had no idea how long he was going to have to wait. Now this guy, he got smoked. He was hit. He was given pain by another person. And, 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 and in causing this, he, the Bible says he put ashes on his face. Notice the text. The Bible says there in the text, verse 37, that he found another man and said, smite me, I pray thee. And the man smote him, so then smote him and he wounded him. And the prophet departed and waited for the king, by the way, and disguised himself with ashes upon his face. And so here he is, this guy, who is now, he is now being smitten. He is now in this waiting period. And he has no idea when the king's coming. He has no idea when the king is going to make his way by, but he knows that in this waiting period that he is still in the will of God. I don't know how long it's going to be before I'm able to carry out this, this full purpose that God has for my wounding, but I know that I'm supposed to be here, and so I'm just going to wait here until God gives further direction. And there he was here in the text. The Bible says that he was wounded, and he put ashes upon his face. Imagine the spectacle that he probably looked like as people passed by and they looked at this guy with maybe a black eye and you know, blood dripping down from his lip or maybe a swollen face and ashes all over him. The guy looks like he's been drugged through the dirt and they're looking at him thinking, what in the world has happened to this guy? Listen, sometimes I think just like the Apostle Paul and even sometimes in our life we go through some pretty difficult things and people are just like, when they see it, they're just like, wow, whoa. And there are so many situations. The Bible shows us here, in the midst of all of that, the prophet was in a waiting period. Maybe perhaps that's where some folks are tonight. They're just in a waiting period. A waiting period in their life. They are going through some troublesome times. They feel like they've been wounded. And as they are in this wounding, they're in this wounding period. They are now in this waiting period. But God, how can I honor you in the midst of this? The Bible says there in verse 39, we see the word, we see the wounding, we see the waiting. The Bible says in verse 39, and as a king passed by, he cried unto the king. And he said, he's going to give an illustration. This is the purpose, part of the purpose for which God called him to be wounded. 
And when this, and, and when the king passed by, he knew why he was there. And when the king passed by, he took full advantage of the, of his opportunity. The Bible says the king passed by, he cried unto the king and he said, thy servant went out into the midst of the battle. Kind of reminds me of Nathan. How God used Nathan to point to David. And the Bible says, thy servant went out into the midst of the battle and behold, a man turned aside. And brought a man unto me and said, Keep this man, if by any means he be missing, then shall thy life be for his life, or else thou shalt pay a talent of silver. And as thy servant was busy here and there, he was gone, and the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be. Thyself has decided it. Well, what was the point? What was the message? The idea was, is the prophet, God said, I need you to get wounded. I need you to get wounded. The prophet goes out. He gets wounded. He says, I need you to speak to the king. What's my message to the king? My message to the king is this. That's what we just read. He gave the king an illustration. He gave the king this, uh, uh, this, this illustration of what the king actually did that the king, for whatever reason, didn't see. And he says, let me tell you what, he said, let me tell you what I did. And here this prophet is, he's perhaps maybe down on his knees, he's got ashes all over his face and maybe perhaps blood bleeding out from his lip and maybe perhaps a black eye and he's not looking too good and he says, king, what I want you to know is this is what's happened. Uh, so, uh, so I was out on the battlefield and, and they brought me this guy and they said, watch over him and, and keep him and don't you lose sight of him because if you do, you're gonna have to pay with your life or it's gonna cost you dearly if you lose him. And he says, you know what, king, I got so busy, I got so sidetracked, I was doing this and I was doing this and the guy got away he got out of my hands what, what's going to happen to me and the king Ahab not knowing that he was been given an illustration about himself says you've already passed the judgment you've already decided what's going to happen you should have been paying attention I'm sorry but it's now your life for his I'm sorry you're going to pay the price and then next thing you know the prophet as he's down there on his knees all beaten, bloodied, and battered, and ashes, and looking such a spectacle in front of everybody, he begins to wash his face. And as he begins to wash his face, something happened. King Ahab staring at him. Can you imagine that part near heart attack that he had when he realized that, that was one of the prophets? And how his, you ever got that lump in your throat? I imagine that's what he had. As he probably thought to himself, he had this sinking feeling in his gut and, and, and his throat perhaps was all dry. He didn't know what to do and he didn't know what to say and there he is. He sees this prophet of God right there. He says, this is you. Just like Nathan pointed to David and said, you're the man. You're the man. And we think about our life and we say, God, I don't understand why I'm being wounded. I don't either. But could it be that in the midst of our wounding that God has maybe perhaps allowed in our life that we can say, Lord, even though I don't understand it, even though I've been beat, even though I look a mess, Lord, in the midst of all of this, will you show me how I can honor you and do your will in the midst of this? The Bible shows this right here. There in verse 41, the, sex, the next truth is the weight. The Bible says he hastened and he took the ashes away from his face and the king of Israel discerned him that he was one of the prophets. Now all of a sudden you see all this worry and all this fear come upon the heart and the mind of Ahab as he knows that he has transgressed against God. And now what is he gonna do? He now stands as a man who has passed judgment on his own self. And he stands there. And I imagine as I said that his heart was just sunk down to the ground and he's now filled with fear and he's worry and anxiety and all these things began to flood his soul. And there in verse 42, the prophet said, and he said to him, thus saith the Lord, because thou hast let go out of thy hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction. Therefore thy life shall go for his life. And thy people for his people. I want you to understand here in verse 42 that what we see 
Is it his decision to let Ben-Hadad go and make a league with the world and make a league with the enemy was something that didn't just hurt him. It hurt all, but it hurt everybody. We think about the sin of Achan. What did Achan do? The Bible says that he took, he took the wedge of gold and the garments and he hid it up underneath his tent and the people went up to fight against the, the, the little place of Ai. They said, oh, we don't need to take everybody. Just take a little group. They went up there and they fought. They went up, they fought and they lost and they come running down the mountain with their tail between their legs, suffered humiliating tragedy and people died and people that they loved and cared about and they got back to the camp and they poured themselves out before God and said, Lord, why did we lose? And God said, they sinned in the camp. God said, you made a league with something you shouldn't have made a league with. And God said, I gave you something to utter destruction. I gave you victory. Ah, that which you battled with and, and, that, and, and that which you wanted victory over, I gave it over into your hands and instead of kicking it out the door, you shook hands with it. Now we see the prophet, his job is done. His job is over for this scene. But we see in verse 42, we don't just hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. We make a decision to keep sin around. We make a decision not to, not to get sin out of the way. We make that decision to say, well, I'll just keep you around. Now that I have you under control, now that God has brought you under my control, then I'll just control you from this point on. Listen, you can't control sin. Sin, as they say, will always take you further than you ever thought you would ever go. How many people here, how many people even in, in listen, even by living testimony tonight, you don't have to say nothing, but by living testimony tonight, you can maybe perhaps think of a moment or a time in your life where you would have said, if I can go back to that moment of sin, then I would, I would kick it out the door. I would have nothing to do with it. But, you, but, but instead, you engage in that moment but you wish you could go back and change it. We may not be able to go back and change any of that, but I tell you what, I praise God for forgiveness. Amen. Praise the Lord. It can, it can be washed under the blood. Praise the Lord. We can come to the Lord Jesus and he can wash it away if we'll confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if we'll just get it right before God, God will give us another opportunity to get things right. And listen, do, do we think for one second that this prophet right here was perfect? No. But he did have a moment where he said, God, if you need me to be wounded for your purpose, then I'll take it. Wow, what a man. Because most of us probably wouldn't jump up and down at the opportunity to be wounded and hurt. Now, if we're going to be on the mountaintop and we're going to, man, if everything's going to go good, we'll say, yes, yes, I'll do it. Yes, yes, I'll do it. But very little will a man say, God, I'll be wounded for you. God, I'll take the hits for you. God, I'll, I'll let the arrows hit me. God, I'll take the beatings. I'll take the, I'll take the punishment. And the Bible shows us here as we get ready to close. And the Bible says in verse 43, notice what happened to the king, King Ahab, when he realized that he had pronounced judgment upon his own self. When he realized what he had done. You see, that's the thing. Because when you go back over to verses 32 and 34 that we talked about last, last Sunday night. When you go back to those verses and it makes absolutely no sense why in the world a man would now make friends with sin. To where a man would now think, you know what, I will be alright. Everything's going to be okay. And call sin in essence, call the devil in essence your brother. The one that caused you so much pain. The one that caused you so much harm. The one that did it year after year. And now you want to make a league with that it makes no sense and that's exactly what sin does it makes no sense whatsoever and in verse 43 when he finally realized what he had done the Bible says and the king of Israel went to his house heavy and displeased and that's what happens when we follow the path of sin he was the thing about Ahab is he was he was not a man that was immune to this type of life. I mean, you was just skip down just a few verses. You go to chapter 21 right down below from where we're at. Look at verse 4. Notice what is, what's, the very first, what's the very first words of that. And Ahab came to his house, what? Heavy and displeased. He was a man that was used to being heavy and displeased. You know why? Because of the type of life that he lived. He was heavy and displeased in his life. Because he was a man 
that wouldn't follow God. We've seen it here in this verse, just a few verses short down from that, involving Naboth. We see it again. So what I'm trying to get us to see tonight as we close with this, we think about being wounded for a purpose. We understand that we don't always know why, but maybe perhaps in the middle of it, even though it's not joysome, even though we don't like it, maybe we can get ourselves to this place where we'll say, okay, Lord, if I'm already hurting anyway, how can I dishonor you in this situation? You never know what God may do. Never go, know how God may intervene and change that whole thing around. But if we're already going to be there, as they say, maybe we can try to make the best out of it. And I know situations are difficult and I know situations are hard and, and there are so many. A lot of people going through difficult things tonight. But as we're going through these things and we don't understand why, God, I feel like I've been beat. God, I feel like I've been hit. What's the purpose? I don't know. But maybe somehow or another in the midst of it all, we could find a way to say, God, I don't understand it. God, it hurts. It's painful. And God, I look a spectacle. But you know what? Just help me to honor you while I'm here. And that prophet did. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Lord, I pray this evening that even though we are a people that don't understand the reasons why we go through things, that Lord in the midst of it all that you would help us to see you you'd help us to honor you the best we can even in the midst of the sorrow in the midst of the hurt and Lord I know it can be very difficult there are some very serious situations out there Lord that I can't even begin to comprehend and it's easy for a man to stand in the pulpit and say well let's just try to make the best out of it God I know Lord, I heard a man say one time, it's easier to preach ten sermons than it is to live one. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight. We all got burdens. We all got things in our life. As the piano plays here this evening, maybe it is that you just want to say, you know what, Lord, I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of wounded. I don't know what your wounding is. Maybe it is you feel wounded in your spirit. Maybe it is you just feel wounded to some degree. Something's happened. Your spirit got hurt. You got hurt. Whatever it is. And you feel like you've maybe perhaps been smitten. And here's our moment to say, God, I know I don't understand, but in the midst of it all, Lord, give me the strength Give me the wisdom, give me understanding to help me to carry out this purpose that you've called me to in my life. Help me, God, to demonstrate you. Lord, help me to magnify you in the midst of the situation. God, whatever it could be, lots of things we don't understand, but there's one thing we do know. We do know we are hurting people, and we do know we need God. And we pray tonight for that peace that passes all understanding. We pray tonight for the God of all comfort to surround our life. And we pray for the mighty hand of God to surround us with His presence. To give us wisdom, knowledge, to give guidance and direction 
Lord, we are a needy people. God is faithful and God is just. Amen. As folks continue to pray at the altar, pray for them, pray for each other. Thanks so much for us to pray about tonight. We'd be here all evening. Take advantage of this moment. Spend some time with the Lord. smitten in my heart and God I've been wounded Lord I need your help tonight says cast all you care upon him for he cares for you. And what I like about that verse is the word all. That means no matter how big, no matter how small that burden is. We can give it to God and God can take everyone. You'll not wear out the shoulders of the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day. And God, you have been good. Lord, I pray that as we leave here tonight, God, you keep everybody safe. Lord, I pray that you just wrap your arms around every car. Pray, God, you be with every family. Lord, as we begin our work week this week, Lord, I pray that we have found the things we have needed here tonight uh, to help us and encourage us through this week. Lord, I pray, God, that you just continue to bless our evening. Lord, keep everybody safe. Give us a good week this week. And, Lord, we're praying for our revival. God, we're looking forward to sending everybody back tomorrow night. Lord, I pray that you just have, a, uh, have your will and your way in our lives this week. We pray, God, that you do amazing things. We do pray for the fire to fall from heaven into our hearts and lives. And may each of us this week spend some time and uh, let your word find a lodging place in our hearts. May we be a people that would seek your face. God, I pray that you bless the week. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.